Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. I'm David Chen, and with me are... Jeff Kanata. Christy Puchko. And joining us today, he's the editor-in-chief of SlashFilm.com and the host of Slash Film Daily, Peter Serretta. Peter, how are you doing today? This is my favorite podcast of the year, Dave. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, well, welcome back to the show, Peter. Joining us also for today's very special episode is Jermaine Lucier, who is the entertainment reporter at io9 and Gizmodo. Jermaine, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm ready to uh, get down to business. All right. So we are here today to record the 2018 version of the summer movie Wager. Uh, and for those who don't know what the Summer Movie Wager is, it is that time of year when we choose what we think the top ten films of the summer are going to be by domestic box office. Uh, the 11th annual, I believe, Dave. This is, I believe, the 11th annual. The 11th summer annual Summer Movie Wager. Summer movie wager. Now, uh, you know, inexplicably, for reasons that passing comprehension, uh, a lot of people get really psyched. About this episode, even though <laughs> even though the rules are complete nonsense, and here is what the rules are, right? Essentially, uh, we, we are each going. I, to I, I love how he says the rules are nonsense because he didn't win last year, but the year before they were not nonsense. Uh, yeah, I mean that's correct. Uh, and just to be just to be clear, I just want to be one hundred percent clear. I've won twice, and I'm going for my <laughs> third victory this year. So I have uh, also won twice, David. Yeah. So so a lot a lot at stake this year. A lot at stake. Not you know I have not won in the last six years, but yeah, <laughs> it's a drought that needs to needs to needs to end. It, uh, agreed. Agreed. Uh, or, or actually, no, disagreed. Uh, it, my my drought needs my drought of not winning last year needs to end. Is what I think. I'm sorry, guys. This is my Cinderella moment. I'm going to come out of nowhere and blow you away. Mm. Thanks for inviting me on the show. All right, we'll I, see. We'll that's see. what happens as a sports fan. That's what happens. The newbie comes in fresh, doesn't have any baggage, and just dominates. That's what happened uh, with Davidra last year? No, Davidra always stunk, and then he had a good year. So, but he just got he he did well. All right. Well, here are the rules. Uh, so each of us are going to choose our, our top ten films in order uh, of the summer uh, by domestic box office. And uh, you get more points the closer uh, you are to naming a film uh, within its actual rank. For, so, for instance, if you, know, you name uh, a movie at number one and uh, that actually comes in at number one in domestic box office, you get a lot of points. And if it's farther away from number one, you don't get as many points. Uh, getting number one or number ten dead on gets you 13 points each. Uh, you get 10 points for getting number two through nine dead on. Seven points if your pick was only one spot away from where it ended up. Five points if it was two spots away. Three points if your pick is anywhere in the top 10. And one point for each dark horse that makes it into the top 10. You're allowed to choose three dark horse films. One other point to make about this is that the scoring is tabulated, so you only get the single highest point value for each pick. So if you get number 10 right, you don't get 13 points plus three. You only get 13. Um, so those are the basic rules. Now, there are a couple of notes I, I need to make about the rules before we get going this year. First of all, uh, people, Dave, yep, Dave yep, it, it is a shame that Avengers Infinity War can't make this contest because it's now an April movie. It's not a summer movie. Well, you know, that is one of the points I was going to bring up. Which is that uh, every year, you know, guys, I'm reminded of the words of Captain Jean-Luc Picard in Star Trek First Contact. Uh, when he said, they invaded, <laughs> what'd you say? 
I said classic. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Engage number one. He said. (laughs) That's what we're all going to try to do. We're going to engage our number one picks. (laughs) He said, we've made too many compromises already, too many retreats. They invade our space. We fall back. They assimilate into our worlds and we fall back. Not again. The line must be drawn here. And why do those words come to mind? It's because every year, guys, the summer gets pushed earlier and earlier. I mean, summer technically I think is not supposed to begin until sometime in June, right? Um, Correct. And, and yet, and yet, the summer starts when Disney says it starts. That's right. That's right. Or, or <laughs> when Universal says it starts by releasing a Fast and Furious film, right? Well, um, this year Disney controls the seasons, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So every year it's been like Fast and Furious comes out in May, you know. So let's now summer starts in May, and this year uh, Disney moved the release date for Infinity War into April. And a lot of people tweeted at us asking, you know, what is what are the implications of Infinity War for the summer movie wager? Uh, it was the biggest question that resulted of that move. That's right. By Disney. It, it, the the <laughs> entire internet went topsy-turvy and wondering what did it mean for the summer movie wager? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and the answer to that question is we are, in fact, including it uh, in our summer movie wager, thus rendering summer – Almost meaningless as a concept, but guys, can I can I just say that this is the earliest Global we're ever warming go. did that first? Like that's beyond <laughs> us. I, I also, thought- it would have been no fun without it. You needed it in there. I mean, it's the you know, it's such a big movie. Without it, it would have been like, oh well, you know, Jurassic Park one or whatever solo. But you need it in there. We had to do something. We had to bow to the uh, the whim of Disney here. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I was talking with a listener today actually, and he was suggesting that maybe we should move the summer movie wager. To uh, I think it's a February because Black Panther came out in uh, February and it's probably going to be one of the yeah. biggest films of the year. So, uh, but guys, can I can I just say no that we're drawing the line at like mid-April, right? Like nothing earlier yes. than mid-April can be in the summer movie wager. Shall we all? Well, we'll see. We'll see until next year. Okay. Yeah, well, I was going to say. We I want to say know, anything we want. <laughs> uh, I want to know if it's bad uh, that. I have a top 10 list and there aren't any not Disney movies on it. Mm. Um, <laughs> is that is that wrong? Because I feel like now Disney is only its own competitor. They are one I of mean, the I few... don't want to get into spoilers, but I'm more concerned that you have movies that aren't even coming out this year on your list. <laughs> yeah, there's only five <laughs> Disney movies, so I don't know what you're doing. Avengers 4 cannot win this year, Jeff. <laughs> Next year. People... I think people are going to go see it. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot of. Uh... I'm really confident. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a uh, couple of other other notes we want to make. So yeah, uh, Avengers: Infinity War is included as part of the list, and the release date for Avengers: Infinity War is, I believe, um, April 23rd. Is that right? That's... Next next week. 27th. 27th. Okay. Um, I don't know why Google keeps giving me that wrong answer, but anyway, it's coming out next week, and so that will be the first weekend. Uh, the f- the final weekend will be uh, Labor Day weekend, inclusive of the Monday of Labor Day. And in the past, that has actually made a difference between who won and who lost. So uh, the first weekend of the Summer Movie Wager begins uh, in, on April uh, 20... What is it again? <laughs> Next Friday? Um, 27th? 27th, that's right. And it concludes uh, inclusive of the Monday that Labor Day is this year. So, and also, people are going to be like, uh, "What about the Thursday night?" That counts too. That counts. It's too. when the film starts. When Avengers: Infinity War opens, the wager begins. That's right. That's right. The wager begins, which is why we're recording today to make sure we get this out before uh, the wager begins. Okay. Uh, so it's already it. so angry. 
<laughs> that counts too. Like, okay. Okay. There's All a right. lot of bad blood. You've stepped into a lot of bad blood here, Christy. I am Christy. so excited. It's 11 years of bad blood that you've stepped into. Yes, that's right. It, uh, and couple- just to answer a question that no one really cares about, but the 23rd is the world premiere of Infinity War in Hollywood. So that's why Google was talking I about I see. That. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So a couple of other things uh, I, I am forced to mention. First of all, as people have already pointed out here, uh, in a startling upset, the Avenger Hardwar won the summer movie wager last year. Uh, he he eked out a win against me, David Chen, uh, barely taking it by just a few points. And, uh, you know, I intend to undo that this year. So Devinger is not on the podcast, and that's just be- yeah. the, the only reason for that is because uh, six people on a podcast is just like a lot of people. So that's he. The- the winner's privilege, Dave. It's you get to you get to phone it in next year. That's, that's right. The, that's part of the part of the spoils of being a winner is you don't have I to mean, endure everyone else's was, ridicule. I don't want to like demystify things too much, but it was actually part of my preparation that I needed a blood sacrifice. And Devendra is going to be fine. He just needs some time to recuperate. Indeed, indeed. But Devendra will still be part of this year's wager. He has submitted his list, uh, so he does still have the opportunity to win this year. And speaking of winning. Uh, of, of course, you know, this wouldn't be a wager without some kind of stakes. And uh, whoever wins gets to identify a film or TV show under three hours long that everyone else is forced to watch within the next year. Um, so that is what is at stake. And last year, of course, Devinger chose The Villainous. We recorded a Slash Filmcast episode about that. That was hugely fun. Um, and two years ago, uh, I chose an even better and more enjoyable film, Alex Preuss's Gods of Egypt. How dare so, you? It's been great times in terms of the movies you've chosen. I can't wait to see what people choose this year, whoever wins, which is probably going to be me. So it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what's um, what's at stake here. And then finally, I think the only other thing I want to mention before we get going to our lists is you, listener. That's right, you, listening at home right now on your iPhone or in your car. You have the opportunity to play along, too. Uh, all you got to do is go to thesummermoviewager.com. Uh, our listener, Dennis, has created a site that you can use to create your own list. Uh, and if you get it in, I think, uh, by this Friday, I want to say, um, you get to be part of the global leaderboard. So so basically, he has a cutoff. Yeah, the deadline is April 25th, not this Friday, so April 25th, uh, midnight, Last uh, up to the last minute of Wednesday, uh, if you get your entry in by that date, you get to be part of the global leaderboard. Uh, yeah, ri- and we got to say, Dennis didn't just make a website where you can play. He has done, as he has done for several years now, he has gone above and beyond and created an incredible resource. If you care at all about this wager that we have waged, uh, <laughs> it, it is got it's got every year. It's got statistics. It's got a week by week update as you're as we're going through the summer of who which hurts. Oh god, I hate it's the week by amazing. week updates. I, I, I love actually, the graphs that he like, even has uh, notes on how you guys could have won last year, which I gotta say, all super helpful for my research. It was really a great resource. Wait, we were supposed to do research? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, notes going all the way back to the first summer movie wager. Uh, it, it's a great resource. Uh, again, it's at the summer movie wager. Com. Really appreciate Dennis putting all this hard work. And yeah, the rationale for the entries being due by next Wednesday is because it would be kind of uh, cheating, shenanigans as it were, if people entered in 
uh, entries after uh, they had information on how well Infinity War was doing. So uh, you must get in your entries uh, before Infinity War is released to uh, qualify for the global leaderboard. But either way, even if you're listening after that point, you can still create your own list and follow along. He also provides a lot of commentary on Twitter at twitter.com slash sommoview. That's S-U-M moview. Um, so thanks for Dennis for uh, for supporting the summer movie wager this year. Okay, so I think that is all the preamble we need uh, to get going. And what we're going to do is get to our top ten choices followed by our dark horses. Um, now, usually, the first few choices are uh, really crucial, right? Because if, if they're any different, uh, then... Like the, the differences help to, to uh, create a huge swing in points. But I think this year, if I'm not mistaken, everyone, everyone has the same exact choices for number one and number two. Uh, yep. I think that's right. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Peter Dennis Sarah, would be the. No, yeah, Dennis would know, but yeah. yes, this is no. I've already made a chart. Yeah, I confirm. Yeah. It's it's very rare that that actually has occurred. So so essentially, what that means is like number one and number two are not going to be a factor in meaningless uh, in, in fact, terms of how well we do. Because if everyone gets it right, they all get it right. If we all get it wrong, we all get it wrong. Like yeah. But and I thought for sure, I thought surely you were going to pull a classic Chen and swing for the fences and just say. I'm I'm figuring everybody's going gonna zig and I'm gonna zag just to see just to make that uh, hail mary pass. See, I, I almost no. Did that. He's not gonna do Despicable Me three again. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> last. Wow, oh, Christie's reaching for the deep cuts. But yeah, uh, here's the thing, you, Dave. You invited me to play this, having no idea how competitive I am. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be bad. We've. I think there should be a side website about people betting on who's gonna win because I want to take Christie. Mm, I, I definitely have created a monster, but also, yeah, uh, last year, I, if, Christy's alluding to the fact that last year I went against the grain and chose Despicable Me 3, or was it Minions I chose as number one? Whatever it was. No, it was Despicable Me 3. Despicable Me 3, and uh, th- brutally lost uh, that bet. So this year I decided I learned my lesson. Um, you were trying to copy me when I picked fi- Finding Dory, and, and that yeah. ended up. And that was the the master stroke. The it was master, master stroke. stroke. I mean, it didn't win it for Peter because I still yeah. won that year. But yeah. but it was everybody, a very everybody good felt like he was the winner in their heart. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we all chose the same film for number one and number two. That includes Divinder Hardwar. Uh, Peter Serretta, what is your choice for the number one film of summer of twenty eighteen by domestic box office? You know, I really struggled over this, Dave, because I, I'm pretty like I'm 99 percent sure this is going to be it. But I I wanted to swing for the fences and put the number two film. But the number one film I, I did put is Avengers Infinity War. What? And, yeah, yeah. Not, not not too su- surprising. It's uh, pretty much I think I would be surprised if anybody actually I'd be surprised, Dennis, once this is, you know, once all the, the votes are in, I want to know how many people didn't put Infinity Wars number one. <laughs> Yeah, people that, are going to do it now because you said that yeah, they're, they're going to do it just to get the mention. Infinity yeah. Gauntlet's been thrown down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so how, how much money do we think Avengers Infinity War is going to make domestically? Like, I'm I'm guessing uh, upwards of six hundred million. That's yeah, that's what I would have that's, said. Yeah. Six hundred million, I, just I mean, shy of six hundred million. Yeah. Black Panther's already at six sixty seven. 
And yeah. a lot of people are already calling this Black Panther 2. So it's going to do really well. I, I, I agree with Black Panther. I really don't. I think it's going to have a bigger opening weekend. But then there's so much competition the rest of the summer, as we'll get to in the next couple of minutes, where Black Panther is obviously great, but it didn't have that competition. Right. So I, I, so I think with 600 is probably about right. Uh, you know, 620 maybe. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably but I, I agree with Christy. I mean, Black Panther runaway hit with $674 million for a February release. Uh, and yeah, a lot of people are conceiving of this as Black Panther 2 or a, a sequel to Black Panther. This is an opportunity to see Black Panther again in theaters. Uh, and I think people are going to take it. So uh, up $500, $600 million, I think that's what we're all thinking. And that's why we've all listed it as our number one film of uh, 2018 for a summer domestic box office. Doesn't it suck that you have to wait two whole months to see a sequel to a movie these days? I know. It's, <laughs> it is crazy. It's crazy. All right. So uh, that is our number one choice. Um, and Jermaine Lucier, why don't you take us through our number two choice, which we all have as the same one, the, the, the same film for number two. What is it? Well, we picked the surprise hit of a couple summers ago uh, at number one, uh, the sequel Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, which obviously Jurassic, the first, last one made six hundred around six hundred million dollars, the number one movie that summer. Uh, I think this one we probably all agree is coming from a better director. I've kind of liked the trailers, even though I don't love the first movie. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a monster hit. The question is how big, and I think we all agree it's going to be really big, just not big enough for that number one spot. I think and I don't the think trail- any of us picked uh, Jurassic World the year it dominated the box. I don't think any of us picked it to, to be the number one movie. Uh, and again, we're not picking this one to be the number one movie. So maybe we'll be wrong twice, but uh, at least we know it's a known quantity that people love. And I think that uh, it's, it's probably going to be uh, make, make, make all the money. This is my, my it? grudging choice. Um, I, I, I think that the trailers for this film make it look like a garbage fire. I think uh, this movie is going to have a massive fall off. From Jurassic Park uh, or Jurassic World One, which made six hundred fifty-two million dollars, I'm pegging this at around four hundred million dollars. I think there's going to be a huge fall off, but it's still going to do really well. But four hundred million is still going to be really, really good for uh, for domestic box office. Christy, I'm sorry I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Totally fine. I was just also pointing out that like Infinity Wars has almost a month before another big movie opens, like a really big movie opens. Jurassic World doesn't have that luxury. It's going to be competing with a lot of things that are in the rest of our top ten. So I feel like that's also working against it. Hmm. The, the, the other thing I was thinking about with Jurassic World is uh, with the first Jurassic World, we hadn't had a Jurassic Park movie in you know over a decade. People were you know chomping at the bit to uh, see you know to be in that world once again. And uh, you know, judging by film Twitter, you know, a lot of people don't love Jurassic World, but you know, uh, mainstream public, it's, it seems like the opinion is a little bit higher. I'm, I'm wondering. It, it, is it going to be different because, you know, we've just had a Jurassic World movie and this one doesn't seem as uh, even though it's going to have a better director, um, it you know, it's not back in the theme park. It's not going to be like the, the, the premise isn't as fun on paper. Hmm. Uh, indeed. Indeed. So we will see how well Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom does, but we all are pretty confident that it's going to do pretty well. I think there is a lot of like four quadrant appeal to a film like this. Um, so Jurassic World. But I also think yep. we should point out from a gamesmanship, from a game theory perspective, the fact that none of us have anything other than those movies in the one and two spot means that 
every other movie on our list has so much more weight mm-hmm. and it really right. be, it becomes an eight slot competition right yep. and so all of these movies in the weird like six and seven and eight spots you know those very nebulous how's it gonna go it's so unclear all of those are gonna have so much more impact on who who wins which makes our i think a very interesting year i think it's gonna be a very close game this year yeah for sure um okay so starting at number three is when things start to diverge a little bit that being said several of us still chose the same film as our number three. Four out of six. Um, yeah, four, four out of six, right? Is that what you said, Christy? Yep. Um, all right, Christy, why don't you take us through what uh, – y- you're one of those four people that chose this film as your number three. So um, what is your number three choice for Summer Domestic Box Office uh, 2018? After a lot of thought, I went with Solo, A Star Wars Story. Uh, Last Jedi made $620 million. Rogue One made $532 million, which I really think is what we should be more realistically looking at because I don't know how many people are going to want to see a Han Solo movie without Harrison Ford. But uh, it's still, you know, huge. Uh, I do think the director scandal is going to hurt it because I think some people are going to be like, well, I like uh, Lord and Miller and I don't know, I can maybe wait for a video. I think that there will be less excitement over this one and also maybe maybe the last jedi backlash might negatively impact solo so i think it's still going to do huge because it's star wars but i mean at that point when this movie comes out when solo comes out avengers will be in its fifth week and um i just don't know like it's clearly enough space that disney feels comfortable releasing it but i just don't think it'll be able to catch up uh all right jeff canada i think you also chose solo as your number three right i did indeed okay so your thoughts on that uh, it has Star Wars in the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, it certainly seems like even if this movie is on the lower end of quality of a Star Wars movie, which I'm not convinced that's the case. I, I think it it may have um, less instant pull from the audience in the sense that a lot of people weren't jonesing for a young Han Solo story. I still think it's going to be a star wars film that if you like star wars you're going to at least go see once probably take the kids to this feels like a real lighthearted romp uh in comparison to some of the darker star wars stuff we've seen recently so maybe in that sense it'll actually be more popular and uh, i think i think it has the potential certainly to make lots of money like star wars movies does i just don't think it's going to touch us an avengers or a jurassic i i I am a I am one of the biggest Han Solo fans in the world. Like if I if I told you how much money I spend on Han Solo stuff, it would you know go with one of these domestic box offices. But I did not put it at number three, and the reason is, I have a couple of reasons. I think it's, it's it's my number four. Spoilers. So I think it's going to do well. I think that having two Star Wars movies in five months of each other is something we've never ever had before, and we're I think we might get a little Star Wars out, just a little. A number four to a number three, in my mind. The reason there was all this stuff, like, why didn't we get a trailer for so long? What's going on? And the reason was because they had to let Last Jedi sort of fade away, and then we immediately got hit with Solo, right? So the trailer didn't come out until, like, two months ago or something, maybe even less. I'd have to look it up. So I I think the marketing is is definitely going to ramp up in the next month before the movie comes out. But it didn't have that full run like Rogue One and Last Jedi and Force Awakens. And it's also uh, a Memorial Day release, which, of course, is the traditional Star Wars release. But that has not been the traditional Star Wars release for the last three. And those last three are the ones that made the $600 million 
all the others never even came close to that. Mm. So I think this is much more in line with the original Star Wars films, the prequels. I mean, because inflation, obviously, with inflation, is much different. But the original Star Wars prequels all made within like 350, 400 million. I think that's probably where this is going to be. Um, maybe more again with 3D or whatever. But that's why I did not put it at number three. I think it's again, it's it's uh, splitting hairs, but I think it might be right there. Yeah. So Jeff, earlier you were, t- I think it was you that was saying, you know, is Dave Chen going to make some crazy ass move that's way different than everyone else? And for me, putting Solo at number five is is that move. Like it is, I'm making a strategic bet that people are going to be temporarily tired of Star Wars or they're not going to be as interested in this particular origin story. Like you guys said, we just had a Star Wars film come out not too long ago. Um, I think you know pe- people were willing to take a chance on Rogue One. They gave a lot of money to Rogue One because, hey, we had never se- we had never seen anything like that on the big screen before. But uh, Solo, like you guys, like Jermaine said, the trailers come in so late, and maybe it's a story they're not super interested in. And maybe um, Alden Ehrenreich doesn't look anything or sound anything like Han Solo uh, that we know from Harrison Ford. You know, so I'm, I'm basically just saying like I think it's going to do extremely well. But I don't think it's going to run away with the summer like a lot of people think it will. Um, I, I think it's going to come in closer to around 300, 350, which is uh, way under any other Star Wars film has done in the last few years. So, Isn't it that- interesting? I think, I think it may be the one Star Wars movie that will rely most on whether it's good or not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Th- 300 million would be a massive disappointment for Disney. Disney, And it, it, the cynical side of me thinks, you know, Rogue One was kind of a quote-unquote original film. You know, it didn't have characters that people knew and uh, wanted to go see. And I, I, I didn't feel like a huge buildup to that movie. This, you know has Han Solo and Chewbacca and stuff, you know, maybe that's going to bring more people to the theater. Uh, the other thing you mentioned, Jeff, is, uh, you know, the the buzz. And usually when we're recording these summer movie wagers, at least the people in L.A. have seen, you know, one or two of these movies. This year, none of us have seen any of these movies. Because uh, we're recording on the 16th of April. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but usually we've seen the Marvel movie or whatever. Um, but I, I, you know, from my sources, I've heard Solo is a really good movie. And if it's a really good movie, I, I think it has the potential to even... Even get up to number two, but it's Peter, like, you just made, Peter, you just made headlines. Peter Schroeder says Solo's a good movie. Mm. Boom. Put it so, up on all the blogs. So uh, four out of the six of us chose Solo as number three. Uh, Devinder Hardwar also chose Solo as his number three. Uh, so Jermaine, you and I are the odd people out, right? So you, what did you choose as your number three again? Uh, I My number three was uh, Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2. So tell us about this choice. Um... I mean, it's the Incredibles. I mean, and it's. I mean, Pixar obviously is a is a big time summer thing. We talked about Finding Dory a couple uh, minutes ago, and uh, Incredibles is a movie that hasn't been around in a long time, a franchise that fa- people love. And um, you know, it, the animated films this year there are definitely a few, but one usually stands out against uh, Pack. To me, I think it's Incredibles too. And there's also, you know, we're in this superhero renaissance, right? Maybe even approaching superhero fatigue. Incredibles came out before this. Now it's coming out in the middle of it. I think that's going to give it a little bit of a boost. Mm. Um, obviously, I think any of us, um, we all think it's going to be a hit, I would assume. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like, you know, in, and there's just something about a movie in, in the summer that looks different on a poster, you know, where it, all these other movies, the live action, big budget things, they're kind of similar. But Incredibles is Pixar. It's bright and red. 
it's you know yellow and i don't know i, I just think you know it's still I'm, a superhero I'm, movie it's still a superhero movie which I, like I said i think is going to help it um a little bit um so i don't know it was again it's it's just it's, it's a little bit of a gut thing it's a little bit of a pixar thing a little bit of a superhero thing all rolled in together and i think it's gonna be disney again competing with itself so we'll see what happens all right my number three choice is deadpool 2 i think uh, Deadpool 1 came out of nowhere with like a $50, $60 million budget to make $363 million domestic. Uh, one of the most successful films uh, featuring an X-Man uh, that was ever released. And I think that uh, I, I'm, gonna make, I'm making a strategic bet that Deadpool 2 is going to do even better than Deadpool 1. I think there was a lot of pent-up demand for this character that Deadpool 1 showed. And I think that uh, once Deadpool 2 comes out uh, in mid-May, that it is going to wipe the floor with uh, every other film and possibly even have a fighting chance against Solo. I know. Don't at me. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I actually – can I respond to that? And, sure. And to lead us into the next one, is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I put Deadpool 2 at my number four, and I think it'll do really well – However, uh, I don't think it's going to make more money than the first one. I think a big part of the appeal, the first Deadpool movie, was that it was surprising and it was a rated R superhero movie and we hadn't really seen anything like that. And I think there was a lot of excitement around it. It felt like an event. But since then, we've had Logan and now we've got Deadpool trying to kind of recreate the same kind of sense of spontaneity. And nothing I'm seeing in the trailers is really giving me the sense that they've figured it out. And there's also can like... I just I just don't know. There's been rumors about the reshoots and reshoots can mean nothing like that. That can mean totally nothing. But I feel like this is not going to be quite the crowd pleaser that the first one was. I think just inherently it's trying to capture lightning in a bottle again. So I think it'll do well, but I don't think it's going to do better than the first. Here, one. Here's how I, good you are at this game, Christy, is I just got to chill down my spine from choosing <laughs> Deadpool as my number three. Um, well, I, I, think, I think the other thing, the other knock against Deadpool. Oh, I love it. I love I any chills you can send out Dave Chen's spine. <laughs> I think the other th- knock against Deadpool, and I, I put it pretty high, I put it as my number five. So it's, it's we're all sort of right there at the top five, um, is this Disney sandwich of Avengers and Solo, right? I mean, yeah. they, they moved it from June, I believe, into May because they thought there was going to be a space there. And there definitely is. Um, but – the, the competition for Deadpool this time is way higher. It went from like, you know, a February opening. It's like, oh, cool, February. And, and yeah. now it's mid-May mm-hmm. between the Avengers and Star Wars. It's going to do well for sure. Even if it's better than the first one, it's going to do really well. And and it might do $350 million, but mm, I don't know. The, the competition is tight. I agree 100 percent. I think that it, that comparing it to the first Deadpool in terms of performance is a fool's errand. <laughs> and because of that exact point, because it came out in February and it was this Black Panther style, like this is a huge tentpole movie that doesn't come out when huge tentpole movies usually come out. And there's nothing on any either side of it. And so let's all just go and celebrate this. And now it's here in the middle of a time when rated R it doesn't really fly as well as kids are out of school. Let's take them to see the fun solo movie. That's PG. Uh, I, I, or is it PG 13? Yeah. 
Yeah. Either well, way. interesting Thanks. perspective, Jeff. Good luck not coming in last this year. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't come in last last year. <laughs> I know. I'm being busy. I think that was me. Yeah. I, I think you guys are bringing up really good points, and I, I I think you actually could very well be right. I also think there's actually a possibility that there will be a hunger for non-family friendly fare because everything else, like like ninety percent of our list, is very family friendly, and so maybe people will turn out in droves for Deadpool too. Uh, I think we are bringing up very good points, and you are bringing up the rear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I get it. I get it, Jeff. Um, Okay, so so Christy chose Deadpool 2 as her number four. Peter Serretta also had it as her number four. Jermaine, you had Solo Star Wars Story as your number four. Um, And Jeff Kanata, Incredibles 2, is your number four, and also Devendra's number four. Uh, Jeff, take us through that decision. Well, we've talked a lot about Incredibles 2. I think it, it is – it's the Pixar movie, right? Not only that, it's a – I think a loved franchise that has been gone long enough that we are excited for it to come back. Uh, it, it, As Jermaine was talking about it, it really does have uh, the zeitgeist where the first Incredibles came out and it was like, wow, look, a movie about superheroes can be good. And now we're in a world where all the movies about superheroes are pretty darn good. Um and uh, so it's not exactly. I don't think it's it's a a Finding Dory style uh, destroy everybody. I do think that putting it right here at number four is is right where it'll, it'll end up. You know what's interesting? I'm just looking at our lists here, and I believe we all have the same five movies in our top five. One and two the same, obviously, but three, four, and five are the same three movies. Not only uh, that, yeah. Jeff and Devendra have the same top five, and me and Peter have the same top five. Mm. That's wild. Oh, boy. It's, so it's, it, it's, it's me such and Chen, top and bottom. We'll see. It's, yeah, it's such a it, – the the bottom five movies are going to decide the outcome. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's because it's one or two points because um, we're all going to get the number and, one. And possibly Dark not. Horses as well, yeah. Yeah, it might be the first year the Dark Horses actually really matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, so I think we were at number four just now, right? Is, it, is that right? Yeah. Um, So we had just talked about um, Jeff's number four, which is Incredibles 2. Um, Yeah, I I also have Incredibles 2 as my number four. Um, I think – I'm thinking this movie is going to – like you said, I don't think it's going to do Finding Dory numbers because I don't think it's as family – like weirdly, I don't think it's as family friendly as Finding Dory. I think um, it's a little bit more mature in its themes. um, And so I think it's going to be at around – uh, the three hundred fifty, three hundred seventy-five million dollar mark around like Inside Out numbers is kind of what I'm thinking mm. for for Incredibles two. Well, I think it's going to be Finding really Dory successful. Was a, Finding Dory was like their biggest domestic film of all time, so I mean that's not even it's not too fair, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a really solid hit for them, but not like runaway success. Um, well, that would mean that it would clear oh, like almost a hundred million more than the original Incredibles did. Yeah, well, think about it this way. Uh, and by the way, Incredibles is my uh, number five, but the first film made two hundred sixty-one million, and that was in two thousand four. Right. If you actually uh, adjust you know, for inflation, adjust for inflation, that's almost four hundred million dollars in today's ticket values. Mm-hmm. And uh, most people that see like these kind of movies, or not most people, but a lot of people that see these kind of movies, pay for three D or you know Dolby or whatever. So it's actually higher than the normal adjusted inflation. So um, you know. Incredibles is like the biggest for me um, 
wild card because it could be it could be number two. Who knows? Like, yeah. uh, like if if this movie can make four hundred million, and it should be mentioned that Pixar has a good track record with sequels. All of their sequels, except for the Cars movies, uh, have surpassed the original. Uh, also, but, they've they're kind of like the only uh, family friendly entertainment kind of like the cartoon that's coming out that month. I, I think that the, it, we haven't really talked about movie quality during this whole conversation, but for me, like that is actually the one I am most emotionally invested in is Incredibles. Like whether or not that's actually a good film. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Regardless of whether it actually makes money. Just because I loved Incredibles 1 so much, I've probably seen that film a dozen times. Uh, huge fan. And so uh, like that is a high bar to meet. And so I'm just curious. Uh, all I want is for that movie to be good. I don't even care if it makes money. It could be um, interesting, you know, if if Jurassic World underperforms, you could have Disney with the like one, two, and three spots in the summer very, yeah. very easily. It's absolutely it's a wild. Pretty wild and not just that, Disney now owns Fox, so they could, you know, have four. Too. Oh shit. Yeah. I totally yeah. forgot. Yeah. They own Fox so no, they own actually, Deadpool. Actually, not yet. Not yeah. officially, but yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So if Jurassic World totally underperformed, they could own the top six, but or top five. <laughs> That's not possible no all right number five uh peter has incredibles 2 uh jermaine lucier has deadpool 2 jeff canada has deadpool 2 davindra hardwar has deadpool 2 christy has incredibles 2 and i have solo so uh why don't you take a big crap on star wars dave why don't you just take it and just like throw it down the middle of the list i mean that that? yeah that will definitely be my undoing uh if solo does really well i'm I'm going to rue the day that i put solo at five but i'm just i don't know guys i'm I'm making a bet that people are getting tired very very tired of star wars let's get to our number sixes actually peter peter serrata what's your number six choice for uh the domestic box office film is, of 2018. That's where it gets oh. juicy, guys. This, yeah, is where this, the, the, this is where it happens. The lists start to diverge pretty rapidly now. This one I'm I'm very unsure of. It's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Ant-Man did uh, $180 million, uh when it came out, and this is likely to do much higher, especially writing off of the high of Infinity War. I mean, people are going to want to know what happens next and uh, how does Ant-Man and the Wasp fit into this. Um, but... Will it be number six? Will it be number seven? Will it be number eight? I'm saying it's number six. Can you guys believe we have to wait an entire three weeks before we get a (laughs) sequel these days? It is insane. It is insane. (laughs) But I also think what's interesting about our list is that uh, I think we are reflecting something that happened last year, which is essentially that at some point in the list, which is for us around choice five or six, there is a like a one hundred plus million dollar gap in projected grosses, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. we th- we all think Incredibles two or Deadpool two or Solo will make like three hundred million dollars, and then anything under that is going to be like a hundred million dollars less than that, right? Um, so it's going to be around two hundred million dollars. I-, I think that's going to happen this year as well. That it's going to be like very much the haves and the have-nots again uh, in a similar way. But Peter Serretta thinks Ant Man and the Wasp is going to be number six. Uh, and I think other people have also chosen Ant-Man and the Wasp as, as number six. Uh, nope. nope. Okay, he's the only one. Okay, so <laughs> – uh, all right. So a lot of us have uh, the same movie as number six. Jermaine Lucier has this movie at number six. Uh, Devendra Hardawar, uh, Christy Puchko, and me, David Chen, have the same movie at number six. Christy Puchko, what is the movie we all chose as our number six uh, for Domestic Summer Box Office 2018? Mission Impossible Fallout. 
Indeed. Um, and so why was this your number six choice, Christy? I really like Henry Cavill's mustache. And, uh, <laughs> 200 million right there. Boom. Yep. 200 for the mustache. Um, no, I, realistically, Rogue Nation made 195. Um, and then I started looking up other Tom Cruise movies, which made me nervous, which is like The Mummy, 80 million. American Made, 50 million. But July has done really well by the Mission Impossible franchise. It's a very popular franchise. I genuinely do think that Henry Cavill being in the movie will give it a boost because I think it gives a new sense of life to the franchise. And I think it could it could sway some DCEU fans to turn out where they may not have otherwise. I'm really Here's excited. the problem. Here's the problem with Mission Impossible is it's coming out at the very end of July. Mm. It will only have a month. To make money in this in, the, in this contest, yeah, I'm but, I, but it's going to make two hundred million dollars in three days. Yeah, I think I, it'll very easily make two hundred fifty dollars, two hundred fifty million dollars in uh, in four weeks. I think it's going to very yeah, little competition. Yeah. That was I, my I agree. Argument yeah. against Wonder Woman last year too, and we all saw how that worked out. <laughs> Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy opened August first and won the won the summer. Yeah, well, I, I, it's also that, a very the, different kind of action movie than everything else we're talking about because there's so much yes. superhero stuff, and there's like, I mean, you could argue that these are superhero elements because Ethan Hawke is somehow superhuman. But I think it's a very different kind of thing. And, and Ethan Hawke, though. That's it's Ethan. also Ethan Hawke. I just want to talk about my appreciation for Ethan Hawke. Um, no, but, but Ethan Hunt is a very different kind of character. And I think, I don't know that there's any other espionage movies coming out this summer. So I think this might be a different enough that it'll get that big boost. And also, End of July is like a great time for something like this. Yeah, I, I am super. This is probably the film I'm looking forward to the most this summer. And I, I do think that Peter's objection is nonsense because I think for this to <laughs> m- make the amount of money that we want it to make, yeah, it's all, all it has to do is come in at around two hundred million dollars to be number six on the list. Well, um, can I can I scare you, Dave? Scare me, Peter. Scare with, me. with a little little statistic. I looked at the last Mission Impossible movie yes. and how much it made in the first month of release. Okay. And it was something like $130 million. Uh Okay. Yeah. I mean, that is uh, fairly frightening. That is fairly frightening. <laughs> oh, a uh, chill in the chin spine. Another one. That's two. <laughs> another, another chin spine chill. Um, yeah, you're right. It, you're Looking at it now, uh, opening weekend gross, $55 million. So it did take quite a while to get to 195 which is what it ended up at. But, but I think I, you need some counter-programming here. And even though it's a big blockbuster action movie, it is counter-programming. Like Christy said, there's nothing like that. And you look at back at past summers, people want just straight action. But they want regular people doing action, even though – Ethan Hawke slash Hunt is not a regular person. Like, How dare you, know, you, you need... talk about Ethan Hawke like that? <laughs> <laughs> How no, dare you? But, like, but every summer has, you know, a, a, a San Andreas or a, a Jason Bourne or a movie that comes in at like the 6-7 um, that's just a straight action movie that like my dad wants to see as opposed to he doesn't give a crap about Thanos, you know, but he gives a crap about, you know, Ethan Hunt. Right. So like I think that's why this movie's going to do well. Um, I, I also had it as number six. Um, I think maybe the familiarity of bringing back Rebecca Ferguson and um, yeah, this is the um, first Hunt Mission Hunt. Impossible film that has the same director as the previous Mission Impossible film, um, and also it's based on the the trailer uh, or the voiceover from the trailer. Like many plot elements from the previous film will be continued in this one, which is also rare. Um, so I I'm really psyched for Mission Impossible Fallout. I think number six is a, is a great slot for it, as four of us. Also agreed. But, uh, you know, Peter chose Ant-Man of the Wasp. Jeff Kanata, you also chose a different film for near number six. What was that? Yes. Yeah, this is where I'm, this is where I'm swinging for the fences, y'all. Mm. Uh, I went with Ocean's 8 at number six. Uh, I like it. I, I have been blind 
before specifically last year to uh, the, the the power and potency and and excitement of the of the female movie going audience. Jeff, did you have Wonder Woman on your list at all last year? No. It was a Dark Horse. A Dark Horse. Very, very good. Very good. Okay, keep going. No, I know. Uh, I'm trying to rectify that right now. (laughs) You might have have overshot it a little, Jeff. I feel like you're overcompensating. (laughs) Perhaps. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. I mean, maybe. I I, I know. I I know. I'm uh, Spoilers. I'm the only one that doesn't have Ocean's 8 in my top 10. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Well, see, I, uh, this is why it's great that you're here, Christy, because we've we've been doing this sausage fest for ten years, <laughs> and we've constantly been wrong. Literally, none of us had Girl Trip on our list last year, and it was the number ten movie. And uh, <laughs> but I and I was searching and searching and searching for that movie this year. Is it, is it Mama Mia? No, it feels too old. It, what? It, what? It, it, where's the Girl Trip of this year? I don't but know. Girl if there Trip is one. came in at ten. You're putting this in at six. <laughs> Like, I, no, I'm just, I, think I, Ocean's 8, I think Ocean's 8 will do well. I don't think it's going to do well enough to justify this placement. I am astonished. Well, look what I did. I took the girls' trip at 10, and I took the Wonder Woman at 1, and I averaged them out. Mm. There you yeah. go. Okay. Jeff kind of swings for the fences, but in the opposite direction of a home run. <laughs> He's swinging anyway. He's just... Uh, I like swinging, guys. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I honestly am, am... We can ridicule, and you guys may think I'm crazy. I honestly think this movie has a chance to really... Because of all the things you just said about Mission Impossible, right? This is kind of counter-programming to the rest of the summer. Not just in tone, which is similar to Mission Impossible in the sense that it's regular people doing extraordinary things, but it's a, a whole bunch of faces that you don't see in these other movies. And I think that's pretty darn cool. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I am curious how well this movie will do compared to the other oceans films. I mean that you graph those oceans films in terms of domestic box office is basically a linear decline, right? I don't yeah. think this is, I don't think this, anyone will approach this movie as a sequel to those movies. I think this is a reboot more than anything else. And it feels like its own, it, it's a fu- in the same way those old ocean movies were a fantasy of what if we got like the biggest movie stars in the world and they're all in the same movie. This is like what if we got the biggest female movie stars in the world and they're in this movie. I think that is a fun proposition for people and I I think it's going to do well. It's a bold choice. It's a bold choice and I don't I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But yeah, Ocean's Eleven uh, back in two thousand one uh, made one hundred eighty three million dollars domestic and then Ocean's Thirteen uh, several years later. Only clocked in with about 170 million dollars domestic. So if this movie makes uh, in between those, it has a shot at the top ten, right? If it makes above Ocean's Eleven, which I feel like is a tall order, then you might have a shot at making it at number six. But um, anyway, anyway record, Jeff, I yeah. I kind of am rooting for you on this in that I love those trailers, and Ocean's Eight is one of my most anticipated movies. I just don't think in this summer, in this crowded field, it's going to get that high up. Yeah, I, think- I mean, I put it number seven, so I, I'm with Jeff a little bit. I, I just think, again, the counter program is so strong. The cast is so diverse. Like, people are going to turn out just to see Rihanna in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, okay, they, they, that didn't work they, for they Battleship. Right now, Battleship, I know you're coming. But I just think, I just think <laughs> it's got the cool, like, anybody, everybody's going to want to see this movie. And and outside of literally almost any of these movies, Ocean's Eight's the one people have been talking about for the longest. Like, they released a still of it, like, last summer. And people are like, I got to wait till next summer for Ocean's Eight. And I, I think like the the buzz is going to build up. I think everybody's going to see it. And if it's if it's like Ocean's Twelve good, <laughs> not even Ocean's Eleven good, <laughs> uh, I think it'll do really well. That's why sure. I have it as my number seven. But I think grown ups are going to see it. I don't think it's going to attract like teenagers. Yeah, 
Aside from like, I guess Rihanna fans, you'll there'll be crossovers. So not, yes. I'm not totally. Yeah. Anne Hathaway is is a is a is a draw. He's no, huge with huge. teenagers. Hey. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Guys. I'm All the half heads out there. Right. I'm I'm half heads. <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, the fact that the only woman in this contest proper did not put this on her list. Uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to like. I don't represent all women. I thought about it a lot. I wanted to put it in my top ten, but then I realized it was purely <laughs> sentimental. That I just don't think it's going to compete with some other titles. I, I think Christy is actually yeah probably going to be right. I mean, we all have uh, several of us have Ocean's Eight further down on our lists, um, so I'm inclined to agree that it's just not like number six is a bold move, Jeff. Uh, bold. But you know, Jeff, you've never shied away from the bold move. So, I love um, bold okay. So, uh, Jermaine, you already said your number seven was Ocean's Eight. Um, Peter, you're number seven. Take us through that one. My number seven is Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. I have not seen any one of these movies. I don't know <laughs> a single person who has seen these movies. I have. Um, oh, now I know a person. Um, there you go. You're welcome. But uh, somehow these movies do really well. The last one did $170 million. And uh, that was up from the first one. So apparently... So, so you franchise- think what you're saying by putting this in number seven, Peter, you're saying... That Hotel Transylvania 3 is going to do a lot better than Hotel Transylvania 2. That's what you're saying by putting it number 7. No, I'm saying it, it could do like 180. Yeah. That could, that so could that, be there. That's better. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think it will do very well. I think, yeah, it's a question of whether it's going to do much better or a little well, better well, or worse. Dave, I have a question for you. Yes. Number To be number 10 on this list, what? how much money does a film have to make? Usually between 100 and 120, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair placement then. Number seven for 180, mm. 170 million. Well, it's notably on everybody's list except Devendra's. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would have put it higher, like, but I got, I, I remember getting burned by Ice Age. Uh, I think it was last year. <laughs> I put, Despicable Me. Freezer burned. And Despicable Me. Nice. Like, I've been burned by these animated <laughs> films. And so I just, be, like, I basically have put them as much higher than they actually were. And so I just, I just don't. I just don't trust that I understand the kids these days, Peter. Um, I think so. that's I think that's pretty well proven out. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, do you uh, think it's the same people that are watching the Adam Sandler movies and Netflix that are seeing? Yeah, it's all, all the Big Bang Theory people, all the Adam Sandler fans. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's so who, just, let's just malign uh, the mainstream of America. <laughs> I do want to say, as I think, am I the only one that's seen these movies? Yes, yeah. you are. Awesome. So they're actually really charming. They're by uh, I don't. I'm going to say his name wrong. Jendi Tartofsky. Oh he did, yeah. Like, a lot of animation. Yeah. He. I mean, the joke that made me laugh the hardest in the first one, and it's not a spoken joke. It's a visual joke where Dracula steps on a stool made of toads. It's a toad stool. Like, now I got to see this movie. I mean, <laughs> really, the cricket noise in there. They're pretty funny. They're just they're very goofy, easy to watch humor, and like I they're they're. You know they're really accessible. I get and, it. It's an incredible voice be- cast. It really is. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, I have it on my list a little lower. I just think I don't know. I think by the third one, I think this is going to be Despicable Me three, where two was the massive hit, and three nobody cares about. I think that what we've seen year after year after year is that one animated movie is not enough for parents in a, in one summer. You need to have <laughs> another animated movie to take your kids to, and this happens to be it. Mm. All right. Uh, and Jeff well, says that movie's Hotel Transylvania 2, if I'm looking at his list correctly. I don't yeah. think he's going back to the back to technically, the list. Right. Jeff, technically, if we're getting really specific with Jeff's list, it contained Avengers, Jurassic Park, and Hotel Transylvania 2. If we're getting real <laughs> oh, in the first Mission Impossible. So that's good. Christy, Christy is not joking. Like, I'm looking at Jeff's list right now in the notes, 
and he actually just put those films in the notes. Um, anyway, <laughs> I mean, I may have mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was Peter Serretta's number seven, Hotel Transylvania three. No, wait, wait a second, Dave. I just want to be clear. I'm not saying the Hotel Transylvania movies are bad. I'm, I'm just saying I don't know who's. Who is the fan base? Oh, okay. Peter, you're inoculating yourself from all the Hotel Transylvania <laughs> fandom. Good thing well, you did I, that. I, I, I'm just saying hashtag, I don't. <laughs> the, uh, hashtag release the Transylvania cut, guys. Well, we're gonna what we're gonna get is a torrents of uh, of uh, Big Bang Theory fans uh, bazingaing <laughs> the hell out of us. <laughs> all right, so uh, Devinder Hardware for his number seven, he chose the Meg. Interesting right. choice. I love that he chose the Meg at seven. Interesting is, choice. It's so sad that he's not here to make fun of him about that. <laughs> the, honestly, the only reason that the Meg is not in my 10 is because it opens in August, and I just felt like it's not enough time. It is going to be a tight squeeze, yeah. yeah. Awesome. But you know what? We just going to make $150 million. Yeah. I put, the, by the way, I put it at number eight, uh, and I'll tell you why. To, to sort of half defender Devendra. Yeah, it comes out late, but Dave, you put... Uh, Memorial Day week, I mean Labor Day weekend into this, which we never do. It usually ends before that. That's an extra week for the Meg. And I think, again, this is just a big, dumb, fun movie. And if it's half as good as the trailer, it makes a hundred million easy. Then it's just got to make another, you know, twenty, thirty million. And uh, again, late August. And late August is usually a wasteland. Um, this year, a little less than others. But I think I have it at number eight. Avenger, I think seven might be a reach, but you never know. Um, and again, all. August does not mean it, – it, it usually means it can't be number one or two, but that bottom of the list is very accessible. So I have the Megan number eight. I think the trailer is big, dumb fun. It's completely different than everything else coming out this summer. And again, we have Labor Day weekend as well, you said. so. Yeah, but this, this isn't even just like early August. This is like – this comes out at the end of the second week of August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see it's yeah. gonna be tight that was i mean honestly that's the only reason i didn't pick it because like the trailer like my heart wants to say the meg because that trailer is just mwah uh, <laughs> i love a big dumb shark movie and oh but uh yeah i i i it's a bold move the we'll time see. frame is tough the time frame is tough but christy why don't you take us through your number seven my number seven is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I am a little concerned that by this point in the year, we're going to be a little superheroed out. I think even if Avengers does super amazing, uh, Ant-Man only made $180 million, So I don't think that it's likely that Ant-Man and the Wasp will surpass that, especially because, and maybe I'm misremembering, but I remember people being super into the chemistry of Scott and Hope. Like, I felt like when they kissed at the end of that movie, it was super confusing because it just felt like something that the script decided they needed to do instead of them having any chemistry. Um, but even if it does better and, like, kicks upwards to, like, a Doctor Strange level, that's still 282 mil. I just think it's unrealistic. I'm all, it's almost even this high on the list just because Michelle Pfeiffer's in it and I believe in her. Uh, my my guess, so I've also chose Ant-Man and the Wasp as my number seven. I think it's going to do exactly as well as Ant-Man 1. That's my guess, is it's going to come in around the 180 to $200 million, which puts it at around seven on the list. Uh, I and I think you're right. This will be well. the third Marvel superhero film to be released this year, and I just don't think people will care that much about their fate. But that doesn't mean that it's they're also, not going to – yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just, it's also like a smaller – like you know, story. So it's not like you could miss this one and catch it on VH or VHS. Jesus. You can catch it later Betamax. and it won't matter. Yeah. yeah you, you can hit the Betamax. I think they're just going to stand around all movie going, can you believe that whole infinity war we just participated in? That <laughs> yeah. It's just him literally nursing his wounds and being like, Oh, and then this happened. 
I so, just want Lewis to ask him about Infinity War. That's all I want from that movie. You know, you know, I agree that they didn't have that chemistry going together. But I remember like the end of the movie when, you know, she sees uh spoiler alert for Ant-Man. Uh, but she sees the wasp costume and I forget her line. Was it like about time or something like that? And yeah, I that was that, pandering to female fans. That more made me angry it, than anything. It, it was pandering to female fans. But I remember seeing it in the uh, like in, in a theater where like the audience went crazy for that. And I feel like, you know. Even though Marvel jumped at this and, you know, got Ant-Man and the Wasp on the schedule pretty fast, uh, I think they got beat to the, uh, you know, to the female superhero movie that, you know. Yeah, and by now, Ant-Man's been in two other movies, like, because he'll be, he was in Civil War and he's going to be in Infinity War. And now he's like, oh, Hope, I guess we should team up. Like, it's just, those trailers look like, like, kitty time frolics compared to Infinity War. (laughs) Kitty time frolics. All right, guys. Uh, the the lists are getting really divergent uh, at this point, and yeah, uh, Christy. And at number eight, divergent. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're you're, uh, <laughs> you're, uh, I, just think, you're I just think it's gonna people are gonna want to see it. <laughs> Again. Okay, okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna put out my number eight because I I don't think other than Devendra, I don't think anyone else even had this movie on their top ten, and I think it's gonna be. A catastrophic error that all of you made in not putting this film in your top ten, uh, and that is the Dwayne the Rock Johnson film Skyscraper. Uh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> you know what? Whoa! I want to point out. I saw that it this week. It was called Rampage, right? Was mm. it? That, that's the movie, right? Uh, no, it's it's he's he has a separate movie called Skyscraper. Oh, oh okay. Skyscraper's yeah. trailer is also bonkers and amazing. But here's the problem: The Rock is a huge movie star. But he's so inconsistent. Like, you know, he'll have like a huge hit like Jumanji that's like 400 million. He'll have the Fast and the Furious movies that do really well. And then he'll have like Baywatch or Faster, which like are these huge failures. And even Rampage is probably going to end, what, like 120 million or something. Okay, and Uh, everything you just said is complete nonsense in terms of how it applies (laughs) to this situation. Okay, two words, Peter Serena, San Andreas. Okay, three words. Rawson Marshall Thurber, who directed Central Intelligence, We're the Millers, and uh, other films that also did really well. I think I just think this movie is going to be this year's San Andreas. I think it's going to be like 155. It's exact, it's exact same movie. So <laughs> that's that makes right. Sense. The reason it's this year's San Andreas is because it's literally this year's San Andreas. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, but guys, if that's the case, like this San, Andreas? It, 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 San Andreas. San Andreas. As ridiculous as this movie looks, like it it looks like it has one tentpole action scene, which is like him jumping from the crane to the building. Sorry, Jeff. Um, It's in the poster. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's a poster. um, I don't know. Like San Andreas looked like it had so many more cool moments that could have been amazing. I don't know. I, by the way, I don't disagree with Dave here. I mean, I struggled with, with, with Skyscraper. It's, I mean, we, we all mentioned it. We look at it, and it's this movie that stands there. I just don't know. I think I think The Rock has to – a saw from Jumanji. you got to do something different. And I, I think this is it, Guys, the name of the movie is Skyscraper, and it has <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson jumping off a skyscraper. It is so – Pure guys. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hating on this pick. It didn't make my top ten, but I'm not hating on this pick. I think that The Rock is amazing, and I think it's throwing back to like the Poseidon Adventure. And what was the one that was called that was trapped in a tower? Not San the. Andreas. 
Oh, no, no, no. Uh, the Towering Inferno? Guys. Yeah, like it's throwing back to that kind of thing, but then it's like, but what if The Rock? And I'm into it. Thank like, you I, for I, imbuing my name, ridiculous choice with much more movie, respectability, Christy. It, the name of the movie is San Andreas, and it has The Rock on the San Andreas fault. That's right. It's so it was number. Cool. It was like number seven or number eight that year. Listen, so that's this is this is proven right. San Andreas proved that you take The Rock and put it in a location that is the name of the film, <laughs> and you have a successful film. Okay, I I'm making fun, but I am completely in agreement that The Rock can do no wrong. Even when he does wrong, it's not The Rock's fault. Uh, Other and, than Baywatch, uh, but yes, I honestly <laughs> think- except for when Baywatch was really bad, and he said it was for the fans and not the critics. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this movie – I put this movie as a dark horse. I'm not going to lie. I think this movie could do really well, and I think it could be really fun. I honestly think that it is too similar to Rampage, and people will literally think it already came out. (laughs) But but Jeff, Rampage has monsters – Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I already made that joke. Excuse me. Yes. Rampage has monsters. This is about a skyscraper, Jeff? So – Anyway, but okay. those monsters Jeff, were Jeff on skyscrapers. There were a lot of skyscrapers in Rampage. To be fair, mm. the video game Rampage is all about monsters hitting skyscrapers with their fists. Yeah, this could be saturation. This could be rock skyscraper saturation. <laughs> Too much skyscraper, in my rock. <laughs> I like to think this is actually how like studio heads talk too when planning the schedule. I can't like that. <laughs> That is the worst part about this contest is like it gets you to think like a studio head and you, you make all these bonehead stupid because assumptions. Because we haven't seen anything. So it's such vast speculation. <laughs> but you're making like the most cynical like yeah. decisions yeah. like uh, just, just comment comment that people are going to already think they saw Rampage. Uh, <laughs> like it, it, like seeing they, Girls Trip, you would have been like, that movie's really good. I'm going to put it somewhere. Like. Yeah, you I do mean, make a solid point though, because I feel like if my mom saw the trailer for Skyscraper, she would assume it was Rampage. Like, just because <laughs> it's like she'd just be like, "Oh yeah, no, The Rock, I get it." You got like, guys. I'm just gonna say, Christy, I am disgusted by how little <laughs> faith you have in the American people's. Ability to distinguish between Dwayne the Rock Johnson movies. I think it depends on demographics. If you're my mom's demographic, like, sh- but to be fair, my mom loves the Fast and Furious movies and will turn out for those. But they're about family. I don't see a lot of like. There's only a little bit of family in the trailer for this. Uh, Jeff, I have a question. A don't you suck that? Doesn't it suck that we have to wait three months for new Wayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson movies these days? <laughs> <laughs> guys, I mean, look, uh, you, you guys are talking about like, Rampage as though like everyone knows what Rampage is. I mean, guys, Rampage <laughs> has only made to date $35 million. Oh my God. That's now, an amazing counter argument that his last movie <laughs> failed, so this one's fine. No one even knows this one exists. That's amazing. Yeah, and to be and to be fair, Rampage has only been out for one weekend, but still, guys, yeah. but still. Okay, yeah, but that's gonna make like people have 80... already forgotten it exists. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Ramp- see Rampage, Ramp- so I'm not talking smack on Rampage. More just this line of reasoning. Oh, it's so it's so beautiful. It's so pure <laughs> the way you just uh, pulled the put self. Punched yourself, whatever. Self owned. Self owned. But guys, you know, I mean, when you look at a movie poster and it says skyscraper on it, don't mention the title. Oh, goddamn it. (laughs) And and Dwayne The Rock Johnson is jumping off of it. Okay, anyway, all right, we got to move on. Um, The only thing about that, by the way, was that, 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 Everybody see that thing on Twitter of the person that like calculated with math? There's no way he's making (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. No, um, I was just going to ask Jeff if he's actually seen the poster for this movie. 
Uh, I did because I saw that meme uh, of the guy like calculating the trajectory of him leaping and and f- finding out that the rock the rock. But they, they don't, you know, they didn't calculate in the any rock math. Yeah, I mean, speaking of math, that's what you guys didn't use when you didn't put skyscraper as your number eight. So he also has a, cyber, uh, a cybernetic uh, what leg or arm or something? Leg, I think he has a leg. Yeah, yeah. I don't right. think it's cybernetic. I think it's just prosthetic. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> hey, it would be better. I don't if it was know why. I don't we know why. I thought that was so funny, Christy. Um, uh, okay, so Devinger put Ocean's Eight as his number eight, um, and Christy, you have a choice at your number eight that no one else on, has no, on their top ten. No. No one even put it in their dark horses. It was, it was, it was on mine. I took it out, but I want to hear yours. And first. before I say what it is, I purposely, like you asked us earlier in the day to put our things in a Google sheet, and my guess was that no one would put this movie in, and so I literally waited until the last minute because I was like, "This is your this secret is weapon." It's your yeah. secret yeah. weapon. This is either going to pay off huge or screw me over, and I'm very excited. My number eight spot is Teen Titans Go to the movies. Uh, my thought process on this is that the Teen Titans Go show is huge on Cartoon Network. It is by far their most popular show. Um, and I'm like, will it cross over? So I started looking at DCEU numbers, and it's kind of tricky because it's not that they're... They sometimes will release an animated DC movie to theaters, but it's like a Fandango event. So it's hard to kind of gauge that. So, But I thought that Suicide Squad was kind of like divided critics, and it even divided fans to a certain degree, but it still made 325 so if it makes half of that, it'll be on this list. Um, and I think it looks really funny. I think the trailers play really well. Oh, I think this hold is on, humor. hold on, Chrissy. Whoa, whoa, like what was the leap in logic you made from this being Suicide Squad, but like half as good in terms of box office? What? How is this related to Suicide Squad it's at all? DC. It's oh, DC oh, DC. Movie. Gotcha. Okay, sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is like Teen Titans, so it's Robin and Cyborg and Beast Boy and Starfire and Raven. And the show is hugely popular. I don't know. Like, I also looked up, like, how did My Little Pony do? Not awesome. But I think Teen Titans Go has a much, like, more unified fandom. Because, like, MLP fans kind of like that movie on their own. And I think that a lot of people who were excited to go see that movie maybe didn't feel comfortable going to watch it with, like, actual children. Because, like, I like My Little Ponies. I went to see it for work. And I still felt like, oh, this is weird. Like, I'm literally in a theater full of little children. Um, but Teen Titans Go, I think, is it's more expansive. People watch it who are adults and children. And, like, it's just a very kind of free-for-all sense of humor that I think could play really well. Um, and so, yeah, that's my 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 guess is that it will do very well. I was debating uh, eight or nine, and I, I just, looking at how things are going, it's like, it, at this point, when this opens, Incredibles will have been out two months before. I think the path is cleared. I think it's going to clean up. I think this I think, is going to be your downfall. Yeah, and, I, I, um, and, and I have I think, yeah. I mean, clearly, it's on no one else's list. I think this is uh, the definition of a movie that even its fans will wait for video on or wait for streaming. (laughs) Because it feels like a TV show on the big screen, right? So you can watch it on the small screen and not lose anything. And and my gamble. I think, honestly, I think the movie is going to be a ton of fun, and I'm excited for it. I think the Teen Titans is a very clever property and very well written. So I'm, I'm rooting for it. But I don't think it's going to do well. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're predicting it's going to come out of nowhere to make like 150 million dollars. I, I just don't I don't see it happening. I don't. See I, it I have happening. a counter argument to Christy uh, that, um, well, you know, Lego Ninjago 
is very popular with the kids. Uh, it has a theme park ride. Those those toys sell a lot. Warner Brothers Animation that is releasing Teen Titans Go to the movies released uh, the Ninjago movie, and that made fifty nine million dollars. Fifty nine. Yeah, that was what I was like, gonna say. That was my com- that was my comp. Yeah. Like, my, Teen my Titans Go college kids and adults watch, too. I mean, if you go to Comic-Con and you see the Teen Titans Go fandom, it's immense. It's, it's it's you know, I don't know if Ford Quadrant necessarily, but it's got a big demographic. It's at least two Quadrant. <laughs> All right. All right. Bold choice for number eight, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Uh, that's Christie's number eight choice. Uh, Jeff Kanata, your number eight choice, Mission Impossible. Um, yep. So it sounds like you think it's going to do worse than the other Mission Impossible films? I, I do. Uh, I think uh, it's not even that it's going to do that much worse. I think that just the competition, there's so many movies that are going to do better than it. It's just going to land in, in the number eight spot. I'm very excited to see it. I like these movies, but I don't think they tend to be top five performers. Uh, and I feel like with the other stuff going on, I'm shuffled Mission Impossible around a little bit. It was sort of hovering in my six, seven and eight spot. And I, I'm pretty happy just letting it sit at eight with the stuff that's ahead of it. All right, and Peter Serretta, your choice for number eight, also Ocean's 8, along with uh, Devendra? Yeah, I was feeling really bad about this uh, until um, Teen Titans Go. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you, man. Wait till the end of July. Yeah, uh, Peter, any other thoughts before we move on, on on your number eight? No, no. I I mean, I think I've already said it. Like, you know, this could do, you know, it's very hard to compare this against anything because, you know, like you said, the Oceans movies did anywhere from, you know, 117 million to uh, 180 million. But that was who knows how many years ago. And, you know, like Jeff said, are people going to think of this as a sequel or a reboot? And uh, is there that huge female audience that's going to show up for this? But, uh, you know, it, it could be it could skew higher. I don't know. We'll have to see. All right, so that's Peter's number eight. It's Ocean's Eight. Uh, and guys, it, it's getting pretty diverse now in the lists uh, for our nine and number 10. Jermaine, why don't you take us through what your number nine movie is? Right, well, I have uh, I put, I put Ant-Man and the Wasp down here um, just because, again, this is this is the first. We, we talked about it a little bit before, and everybody made good points. And, you know, Peter has it number six. I, I think uh, three Marvel movies in a year, it can definitely sustain it. But in a crowded summer... Without that wham bam spectacle, at least what we've seen, I think it's a you know it's a it's a top ten movie, but it's on the lower end. I mean, I, I think like you guys had said, it's going to do about the same as the last movie, but in a summer with so many heavy hitters at the top, you know, 180 million might might bring. I don't know if it's going to bring you number nine. I mean, who knows? I mean, at this point, I, I I stopped looking at the numbers and just started go on like, what's the next movie on the list that I think you know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. I think after Infinity War, people are going to want to see what's next, and this will give them a little bit of a hint of that, sort of that Black Panther to Infinity War like we talked about. Um, but, yeah, I, I just uh, I just don't see it being uh, as big as some of you guys. So I'll have it down at number nine. All right, that's uh, Jermaine's number nine. Uh, which also, is, he's, number nine. he's been channeling uh, Devendra quite yeah. a bit on this list this year. Yeah, uh, Devendra also has Ant-Man and the Wasp at number nine. Jeff Kanata, you have a choice at number nine that no one else has on their top ten list. What is that? That's right. Swing for the fences again, boys yep. and girl. Uh, <laughs> Christopher Robin. All right. The Winnie the Pooh story. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the power of Mark Forrester at the box office. 
I I think this has a a chance to be a uh, uh, a surprise to everybody. I really do. It would I, be that. W- wait, <laughs> Jeff. I I know you don't watch trailers, but you do know that this isn't like a Winnie the Pooh movie, right? No, I thought it was a Winnie the Pooh movie. <laughs> did no, you seriously? Dude. I honestly I mean, did. It, 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 okay, it is, but it's like Christopher Robin's all grown up and depressed. And yeah, Winnie it's like Pooh Hook, stuff. basically for oh. for Winnie the Pooh. Well, I Except really should have watched sadder. the trailer for that, then I guess. <laughs> um, I honestly thought it unsullied, was like a, unsullied hurts. Yeah, it does sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's a, it cuts both ways. Because really... do you know who the screenwriter on this is? No. Alex Perry Ross or Ross oh. Perry, Alex Ross Perry, who like writes very maudlin indie movies about men whose lives are going nowhere. Hmm. Mm. I stand by it. Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> Bold choice, Jeff. Bold choice. It is um, a bold choice. Winnie the Pooh. Let's bring the kids. Bring the kids. To <laughs> Christy, uh, uh, if you bring like your a... kid, Jeff, you will comprise 50% of the box office receipts for this movie. <laughs> um, oh, boy. I really... Uh, That's amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> Christy, what was your number nine? Uh, it was Hotel Transylvania 3. Um, I, yeah, I think that it'll do well. I just, uh, like I went back and forth between that and Teen Titans go for eight and nine, because I think they will both do well. They open around the same time and they have both very kind of accessible humor. Like, I don't think you need to know either franchise to just jump right in. And yeah, I think they'll both do pretty good. You guys, honestly, I I swear to God, I I saw a still of, uh, Ewan McGregor and a, and a live action, live action and poo. And I was like, this money in the bank. I like the trailer. I just, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't oh, seem boy. like a movie. It's also that I saw that other Pooh movie last year that was so depressing that I just, I don't know. Is this really? Oh, yeah, I, 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 just, I stepped in, uh, I stepped in Pooh is what happened. There it is. <laughs> I think you oh. wish you stepped in Pooh is what happened. I feel so dumb. I feel like you can hear it in Jeff's voice that he's like, I've lost this. I have. I, I, <laughs> I have. Christopher Robin just broke Jeff Kanata. <laughs> I honestly thought it was like a like I was going to bring up all of the reasoning behind it, but it'd be like the live action Alice in Wonderland did so well. And I just thought I thought it was a live action. Like, did. Oh, yeah. I mean, sort of. It just sounds like it's going to be depressing. Oh, man. Well, I, I did it this time. guys. Moment of silence for Jeff's list. Um, OK. Gonna, yeah. My number nine uh, movie is Ocean's Eight. I think. um I think that people are going to have high hopes for this movie, but that it is going to only perform as like a solid uh, adult-focused heist film and come in at around 125, 140, uh, which is still very good. It will be lauded as a success, but it's still it's not going to be like um, uh, you know higher up on the top ten list. So that's my number nine, um, and I think that's everyone's number nine. No. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, wait a minute, Dave. You have you have Christopher Robin as a dark horse. That's right. <laughs> I do. Spoilers, but don't spoil it, Jeff. Don't spoil it. Okay. Um, Dave, <laughs> Dave, you missed my number nine. Oh, okay. Sorry, Peter. Go ahead. Okay, my number nine is uh, probably cynical of me. Um, it's not something I know anybody is. Uh, nobody I know is excited to see this movie. I know people. But... I am. Oh, I legit I... am. Go on. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> just, just so I'm you know, meeting, well, we exist. people that, that, that are outside of my bubble today. Um, but uh, Mamma Mia, uh, here we go again. The first movie did $144 million, and that was a decade ago. If you translate that to like today's numbers, that's like $190 million. Uh, as Dave said, 
we, we think the bottom of this list is going to be around a hundred million. I don't know. I, like, even if this movie does worse than the original did, it's, it's probably going to do a hundred million, right? If you put the same songs in the movie and take out Meryl Streep, it's gotta do great. Right. That's my thought. <laughs> I, by the way, I, yeah, I, 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 I get it. I think it's definitely a contender here, but um, and again, it's something completely different from everything else we have this summer, which is always important. But uh, Jermaine, he's just completely, he's just completely. We're so withering to that choice. Is amazing. Is amazing. I appreciate it. Um, But yes, uh, bold choice. I, I, I think last year was the year we all got. Many of us got burned by thinking that sequels would perform anywhere close to their predecessors. Well, but uh, you guys also got burned by overlooking female audiences. And this has a huge female, like the first one had a huge female audience. I have it at my number 10. So I, I get where Peter's going with this. Um, do you think all the people that want to see this will have already seen the book club and want to go back to the movies again for another that's different. Year? No, also you're lo- like, like one, it's a feel good musical, which we don't, I think it, it like, it, is it the only one this summer? Yeah. I know. I think Valley Girl is coming out somewhere yeah. in August, but that looks like that's for like the next generation. It's like a remake, and it looks like they've targeted like with YouTube stars and stuff. But this is like this is going to target an older demographic that came out in force for the first one. It's going to target people like girls' nights and things like that. It looks really charming. I don't care if it's the same songs again because it's ABBA. Like I will go watch ABBA sing in any movie ever. But on top of that, it's got such an amazing cast. Like, yeah, Meryl Streep is probably like if like I don't want to get into spoilers, but she's probably a very minor role in this movie. But you still got Pierce Brosnan, Christine Baranski, and now they've got Andy Garcia, uh, Stellan's cars back cards back, Colin Firth, who has a huge contingent of of more mature ladies. And Cher is in this movie, which means you're gonna get a good turnout from like basic, let me just say it. Gay people are gonna come see this movie. We love Cher. <laughs> we love her. So I think that this is, I think this is, like it's to me, I think it's a lock for number 10. I think it will do really well. Um, I don't know if it'll do better than the first movie, but I think it's a really solid choice because it's going to be like a really fun, uplifting movie. And people like, yeah, the last one was 10 years ago, but people still love that movie and people still know all the songs. ABBA's amazing. I will say, Jeff, for other movies this summer that you shouldn't watch the trailer for, uh, this is the one that definitely spoils the most. So I would not watch the trailer for Mamma Mia, here we go again. Oh, yeah, yeah. you got to cancel careful. your plan to watch You guys need to Mario. say the title right. It's Mamma Mia, here we go again. Like, mm. that's... Thank you. We'll just loop that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That'll work. <laughs> that was very good. Was All very right, good. my number 10 is uh, Hotel Transylvania 3. We've already talked about that movie, but, yeah, I think it is a solid shot at... Uh... That's also my number 10. Yeah, and I think it's going to do not as well as the other two Hotel Transylvania films, but still come in very, at a respectable uh, level. Devendra, for his number 10, put in... Um, Dave Chen's Skyscraper. Uh, skyscraper. Right, so Dave Chen presents skyscraper. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, and Jermaine Lucier, uh, yeah, you you said your number ten is Hotel Transylvania three, as well as Jeff Kanata. Wow, we all had Hotel Transylvania three as our number ten. I can't there believe nothing. Though, what somebody somebody uh, who might run slash film has a very interesting movie at ten though that I am fat. I, I can't believe you put this low. Well, yeah, yeah. So I, Peter, sorry, you're I, number um, ten. Yeah, no, Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, I, I do think it might be a little low, um, but my reasoning is what it was before. These Mission Impossible movies make two hundred million. Uh, this movie is only going to be out for a month, and the last Mission Impossible movie made like one hundred and twenty in that month. So that 
if if we're if we're thinking 100 is the bottom of the top 10 list mission impossible should be like nine or ten maybe no did i really miscalculate here it is. I, I, I think it will yes. only be number ten if you think it does significantly worse than the previous Mission Impossible film, right? So if you think it will well, do no, much but it worse, it only has a month, though. Yeah, but that's. I will be very surprised again. The last Mama movie Mia I think better did... than that. Yeah, you're. you're it you're... is interesting. There's so three of you guys have the same one, two, and ten. Yeah. Oh, it's the it's the bane of my existence that my number one and number ten movies, the two slots that earn the highest point scores, are identical with David Chen. I know. It confounds me, and it. <laughs> Uh, but Mine he doesn't have the Christopher Robin the in his top ten. That's all you, babe. Yeah. That's big points. That's big points at number nine. I got it. All right, guys. Um, bank. So now we're going to get to our dark horses. This is three additional choices that if it shows up anywhere in the top ten, uh, you get one point. Um, so let's just let's just uh, name all of our dark horses when I call on you. So Peter Soretta, please list your dark horses and talk us through them. Uh, skyscraper. I know I was talking uh, some shit earlier, but <laughs> never bet against The Rock, and that's why he's in my dark horse. I, I think this has the potential to make over a little over a hundred million, so it has the potential to make it there. Uh, to, to be clear, point, you did bet against The Rock. You're just hedging your bet with I'm, this dark oh, yeah, horse. I'm hedging my bet yeah. against yep. The Rock. Um, Action Point, uh, which is you know those jackass movies tend to make around a hundred million, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know this is Johnny Knoxville. I mean, there might be an audience for this. Uh, those I know jackass uh, movies made a hundred million before there was a YouTube. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, I would but say they like, got popular. Like Bad be- Grandpa too, partially because of YouTube. But it, so Action Point is not a jackass film. It is a Johnny Knoxville movie. Uh, that is like a, a narrative film, but where he presumably does lots of crazy stunts and hurts. Right, himself. it's like and bad he brings grandpa. Back the same yeah. old gang and yeah, yeah, stuff because yeah. like Bam's in it and stuff. I thought yeah. about it. Yeah, and uh, my my third one is uh, the Equalizer Two. Um, the first one did a hundred million just a few years ago. I I don't know anybody excited for this movie, but um, just based on you know the comp on that, I I just had to put it in my dark horse. So uh, in my travels, I happen to know uh, a lot of people, uh, or not a lot of people, some people who have experience with um, DVD and Blu-ray retail, right? Uh, just in, 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 in my adventures. And uh, uh, so I asked one of these people, like, well, what's the rent- like, what kind of movies do well? And a lot of it depends on DVD and Blu-ray box art. And this person said to me, uh, you know, this kind of movie does well, this kind of movie does well. And they said, uh, any movie with Denzel Washington on the cover generally does well, and especially any movie that has Denzel Washington and a gun, um, which is, <laughs> wow. uh, which is uh, the um, movie poster for Equalizer 1 and 2, and also many other Denzel Washington films as well. So uh, that's me supporting this decision, and it barely did not make my Dark Horses uh, Equalizer 2 didn't. Um, so those are Peter Soretta's dark horses. Jermaine Lucier, your dark horses. Uh, I also have a skyscraper because I think it's going to do okay, but not as good as some other people. Number two, as Chrissy would call it, is Mamma Mia. Here we go again. And then number three, a movie that hasn't been mentioned at all today is Tag, uh, the new comedy starring you know the usual suspects uh, of R-rated comedy. And there we no, we have very little comedy on this list on any of our lists. You know, Deadpool two is a superhero movie more than it's a comedy, even though it is a comedy. And you know, like comedy plays in the summer, there's always something. You know, and I think 
tag to me looked like maybe the standout. So uh, that's why it's my dark horse. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, this is the movie based off of the playground game tag, right? Like tag you're it. That- sort of. It's based on these guys that actually played tag over the course of like 30 years and they're grown men and it's a whole thing. Mm. Yes. Okay, well... <laughs> That's, that sounds like something. I did something... the step Can you tell that it was really thrilling? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of dark horse lists that have tag on it, Jeff Kanata, what were your dark yeah. horses? Yeah, I have I have tag as a as a dark horse as well, and it's because it seems like every year there's always an R rated comedy in the in the mix there, and and as Jermaine said, I think that this year is Deadpool too, but uh, tag could still get a lot of people to watch it. I mean, I think people like to laugh in the summertime and there's a lot of self-serious action stuff, uh, filling out all our lists and maybe, uh, maybe tag squeezes in there. Uh, I also have the equalizer too. And I agree. Uh, Denzel never get a bet against Denzel and skyscraper never bet against the rock. We've established that. Uh, so I think those are all, uh, I could, those ones are, are just, they could either be Huge hits or just complete flops, and that's why they they landed my dark dark horse uh, list because I don't have confidence enough to bet the farm on them like I did with a with a Christopher Robin. But I <laughs> I do think that you know they could they could surprise everybody and 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 be be real hits. You know, I think between the Ocean's Eight at your number six and Christopher Robin at number nine, I mean. That's, I'm gonna that's, steal this thing. Stick a fork in it, man. Stick a fork in it because <laughs> you guys are lo- have lost. Uh... <laughs> All right, Christy, your dark horses. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's any surprises here. I have uh, Equalizer Two, si- Skyscraper, and Ocean's Eight. Um, you know, we've we've talked about them. So yeah, I, it was that thing where they were all kind of bouncing around the number ten spot, and I was like, well, here we go. Again. All right. All right. Um, my dark horses, Mamma Mia Two, um, the the Meg, which I, I think it could be like a, a unexpected surprise hit, uh, and Christopher Robin is on here just because Jeff Kanata presents Christopher Robin. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the reason it's on here is because I. I you, you guys ever like you think a, a movie plausible? You sit on there because it is plausible for it to crack the top. <laughs> That's, That's true. true. I mean, in That's 2018, true. we have learned anything is plausible. Uh, so here's why. Here's why Chris Robin is is in in my Dark Wars is because you you guys ever see a movie and it is so successful that you like you question like you know do I even understand what people want? Uh, you, you know, do do I understand the nature of my reality? Where uh, what is Ready Player One's box office right now? Right, exactly, exactly. It's like it's like you remember when Jurassic World came out and everyone was like, "Wow, like we we must really not understand the public's deep abiding desire for dinosaur movies." Uh, I, that's kind of how I felt when The Lion King came out. Um, and wait, 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 wait. the live in, action. In like- Oh, the live oh, you, action. You mean the Jungle Book? Oh, sorry, Jungle Book. Jungle Book. Sorry, not the live okay. action. Okay. I was like, <laughs> did you transfer to next summer? Or no, are you no, going no, back no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jungle, Jungle Book. That, that, that modern Jungle Book uh, that I just thought was. I did not enjoy that film at all. Uh, it was not original. Um, it, it did not have very many original ideas, and it made $364 million domestically. And so, like, ever since then, I'm like, maybe people's uh, hunger for movies that uh, are live action human hybrids. Uh, is much higher than I thought, and so that's why Christopher Robin's on here. Uh, also, because Jeff put it on his list, you know, obviously his list is a winner. So, there you okay. Go. 
Um, so as we wrap up, uh, are oh, there we any... didn't say Devendra's. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Devendra's. Uh, I just wanted to point out because he has two that like nobody else has anywhere. Yeah, so he has the first purge on his uh, Dark Horses list. I actually was thinking about putting a purge movie on my list as well, but uh, none of the purge movies have ever cracked a hundred million dollars. Uh, never I, cracked eighty million. Dollars, never cracked eighty so, million. Yeah, but this there. one is about uh, like it, it, it has Origin very story. heavy political it's a overtones, prequel, right? Right. So maybe. Yeah, the prequel, yeah. So maybe uh, it has some breakout potential. Sicario two, uh, Devendra has on his list as well, which is not a bad choice. But Sicario one's box office was not that great, you know, domestically. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on a limb and say it's a bad choice. Um, but <laughs> I'm you can go out on a limb that Devendra did not look at the box office numbers. <laughs> He's like, that's a great movie. It's got to do like what, 80, 90 million? Uh, no. Sicario 1 made $46 million of the box office. So, like, the idea that Sicario 2, which by the way has a terrible title, um, yes. Day of the Soldado, I just don't think it's going to crack the top 10. Um, and then Mamma Mia 2, which is a solid choice, I think, for a top 10. So, or, or Dark Horse, I should say. So, uh, as we wrap up, uh, are there any trends that we want to mention? We've all mentioned, like, kind of how many of us have shared. Uh, choices across our list. One thing, one thing I, I do want to call out is that I, uh, last year, you know, there were a lot more movies coming out last year uh, that we weren't excited for, right? Like I, I would say that many of these films were really psyched about, but last year uh, there were movies like uh, Despicable Me Three, Pirates of the Caribbean Five, Cars Three, Transformers Five. Like these are movies that made the top ten, but that none of us were particularly excited about. Um, whereas I feel like this year the number of movies we're excited about is is generally higher. Is is that sound correct? Everyone? Yeah, I think the overall quality level of yeah. the top ten is likely to be much higher than last year. Um, but it's interesting, I think, how last year we all really got burned by uh, overvaluing sequels, and yet it seems like the sequels this year are much surer bets. Right, we are all betting on in some form or another on Avengers: Infinity War, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, Solo: A Star Wars Story, Deadpool two, and The Incredibles two. Like, all of us have those movies really high up on our list. Uh, well, I think I think last year at the end, if you go, if, if somebody wants to, at the end of the podcast, I even mentioned like this summer looked special in terms of just like big movies. It's sort of what we thought the summer of 2015 was going to be before Batman and Superman got moved out of it, and before Star Wars got moved out of it. Uh, this is that summer. We have a Star Wars movie in the summer. We have a, we have two Marvel movies. We have all we have a big Pixar movie. So yeah, I, I think that's this is like I mean, and even next year doesn't look anything like this. There's definitely big movies, obviously, but yeah, I think this summer like it's it's crazy to me that we all have the same top five movies, just slightly different. And I think that's a credit to how massive these movies are going to be. Totally, totally. I do want to call out a, fil- a few films that none of us put on any of our lists or Dark Horses, right? Um, so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think there is a Transformers Bumblebee movie coming out this summer. Am I right about that? No. You it comes out in November or just December. Oh, okay, okay. Um, is that Crazy Rich Asians movie coming out this summer? Am I right about that? It but is, August. Yes. In August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that uh, was why... I think that'll do well, but it's, it comes out so late, I didn't think it'd be. Yeah, a I'm, I'm psyched for, this. for that film. John Chu's directing it. I think it's going to do really well, but yeah, I, I don't think it'll crack 100 million by the end of the summer. I think it'll be a success, right? To be fair, yeah. Um, but I think I, the the book is great, and John Chu is. I, I think he's a stand like a standout director. I think he has a really great sense of playfulness, and I'm really excited about that movie. 
Agreed. Uh, agreed completely. Um, there were other movies that didn't make it on any of our lists that, like, I was kind of, huh. You know, I, I, I didn't disagree with our uh, decision to exclude them. But, uh, for instance, uh, Hereditary, I've heard, is a fantastic horror film that A24 is putting out. Um, it's phenomenal. Yeah. but so but like, how, What's the most that A24 movie is grossed? That's right. It's yeah. also... I like I wanted to put it as a dark horse almost sentimentally because I it, it like I and it's early in the year or whatever but right now it's like hard gunning for a one or two spot on my top 10 because it's phenomenal but it is an incredibly hard to watch movie so I think it will play really well to A24's audience but it is it is not going to be something that's going to be uh very accessible it's, I mean would you, it's would you say it's like a like a quiet place is, is like running away with the box office right now so would you yeah, say yeah quiet places it is way darker than a quiet place I see Gotcha. Gotcha. And the answer to Jermaine's question is the highest movie the A24 has ever had was Lady Bird with 48 million, and the second highest is half that. So, right. So, so that's, I mean, I think it's going to be good. I mean, to me, I'm sorry to finish your list, but I I have three that I struggled with for Dark Horses that we haven't mentioned. Please take us through it, Jermaine. Sure. I mean, um, Mile 22, uh, it comes out late August, which of course we know is a thing. It's a, it's a, an STX movie, another drop against it, starring Mark Wahlberg, take it or leave it. But it's basically like Escape from New York starring Mark Wahlberg. And it's directed by Peter Berg. <laughs> to to be clear, Peter by Berg... the way, STX, you're saying STX, that's a mark against it. STX, they've had really bad luck getting money, like uh, getting good box office for their films. But in general, their films are pretty good from my from my. Yes, that's or... true. That's true. I, yeah, I, I just meant like the, the mar- amount of marketing dollars they put behind it right. is just yeah. not, is never that great. But like it's it's a movie that like Peter Berg and, uh, and Mark Wahlberg like uh, – Developed together, and they want it to be like this trilogy. Like I said, it's sort of like a futuristic – or not futuristic. It's kind of Escape from New York, but realistic. That's when I kind of thought about um, Life of the Party, which is an early summer comedy with Melissa McCarthy that, you know, like I said, there's always a comedy that does something. So if that's like good, if that's like Girls Trip or Bridesmaids good, it could be something. And then Uncle Drew, which is like this like basketball movie where all the basketball players dress up as old men, like is so weird and random. That I was like, that could be a huge hit if like NBA fans from like all races and ages go to see this movie because they want to see Shaq and Kyrie Irving and all these guys dressed up as weird old men playing basketball. Those are all movies that like I thought were I thought about, but but put to the side. So maybe they're dark horses, but who knows? All right. You know what's weird is there's a movie coming out in August on August 10th called. The untitled Anne Hathaway slash Rebel Wilson comedy that still does not have a title. Yeah, it's coming out this summer. Uh, it, yeah, we'll really see about that. <laughs> there is a, yeah. So life I mean, of, if it doesn't have a title yet, it might get bumped again. We, we we've talked. You know, Jeff, you always talk about how we have blind spots. Like Life of the Party is a is a comedy that's coming out that Jermaine mentioned. Um, there's a couple of other comedies too. Uh, Christy, you mentioned Valley Girl as a musical that's coming out. You, you know, like there's all mm-hmm. these kind of like little these little movies at the periphery that like could crack top ten, right? That we haven't really talked about or mentioned, but uh, where it's unlikely. You know, um, the Spy Who Dumped Me is an action comedy coming out in August uh, that could also do really well, starring Mila Kunis. So you, you know, th- so there's there's all these like little movies at the periphery, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel pretty good about our list, which probably means that all of us are going to be proven deeply wrong at the end of the summer. So uh, okay, I think that is it, right? Um, that's everything in terms of our, our top ten list and our dark horses. So we're going to. I just come- to throw out one quick thing. Yeah. 
Because when you when I learned about the wager, I got really excited. So I feel like I know what the movie is. I would make you guys watch, but I'm not going to say. But if anybody listening wants to guess or make suggestions, I'm totally open to that. I'm at Christy Puchko on Twitter. <laughs> That's oh, confidence. Yeah. That was confidence right there. I've already. Uh, I've Do already... not tell me because I have no confidence on Twitter. <laughs> I've already had a lot of people suggest that I force mostly Dave to watch uh, WrestleMania, mm. um, which you, you can't really cut down to three hours. So I don't know how I have to find a three hour cut. Uh, it was five hours this year, wasn't it? Just yeah, it was at minimum. That was the My main God. show. It was like yeah, 11 right. hours of. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. I will second that, Christy. Any suggestions you want to throw our, our way, I think, are welcome. And we should mention that we will do the wrap-up show after Labor Day. Uh, and uh, again, you guys can all play along with us and, and show us how much smarter about movies you are than any of us. Yeah, that's uh, well, the summermoviewager.com, which, by the way, already has our lists up and live. So uh, Dennis was listening to this episode and uh, got our lists available. Let the games begin. Um, so as we wrap up, Christy, you've already said where we can find you. Jermaine Lucier, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week? Uh, and every week, you can find myself at io9.com, and I'm at Twitter and Instagram at, at Jermaine Lucier, one word. How about you, Peter Serretta? You can find me uh, at Slash Film on Twitter, Slash Film.com. Uh, but please go check out uh, the daily podcast, Slash Film Daily. You can find it on iTunes and all the popular podcast apps, or just go to daily.slashfilm.com to find it. Jeff Kanata. I'm at Jeff Kanata on Twitter, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And you can find all my stuff at DaveChen.net or follow me on Twitter at DaveChensky. That's DaveChensky. I'm also doing a uh, podcast about Westworld with John Robinson. You can find that at DecodingWestworld.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Slash Homecast. We'll see you guys next week. He watched the